We are recording. Welcome, welcome to what be binge. Welcome. And welcome to Taika Month. Taika Month. Welcome, welcome we are to... talking about Taika Waititi movies all mm-hmm. month. So I guess before we get into Jojo Rabbit, why do we like Taika Waititi? And why are we devoting an entire month of a podcast called What We Binge to movies from Taika Waititi? Uh, I can say in one word why I, I love uh, Taika Waititi movies, and that word is Korg. <laughs> <laughs> I will accept um, that. <laughs> just accept it at face value. Like that's you know that's all I'm gonna say. That's it. Whole episode. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um so many reasons that it always seems to be there's a okay there's always like a singular kind of point of view Mm -hmm. and and uh you can tell that he's a filmmaker who has a you know great sense of humor good writing good directing Mm -hmm. uh just like indifferent just uh, you know it's it's a bit different from anything else i've seen in terms of like storytelling yeah. Uh, I, I saw him first movie I saw uh, was what, uh, what was it called? Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's sort of a theme throughout his movies, except for for Ragnarok. It's about a kid and what happens to that kid and yeah. like this kid in this environment and, you know, him trying to be a kid in this like fucked up environment, yeah. essentially. And the, that's what Jojo Rabbit is about. That's what a Hunt for the Wilder People is, is about, sort of, except like you also get the point of view of uh, the, the old man, yeah. his uh, foster dad and, uh, um, you know, and boy as well. Mm-hmm. It's uh, also about a kid who's sort of like trying to be a kid in, in his own like personal life where his dad is never there, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. The dad is never there, actually. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when you think about it, like Jojo Rabbit's dad, Jojo's dad isn't there. You know, it's uh, weird. Like, I, yeah. I never made that connection until now because, like, that, um, and the, the that first thing, to him, yeah. Yeah. No, the first thing that really got him noticed was like a short film called Two Cars One Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, short film. It was a short film about like these two kids waiting in the parking lot while presumably their parents or their gardens or whatever were, were in a bar just like mm-hmm. spending time which i noticed is kind of like a theme in like new zealand movies is like the parents kind of just going on chilling elsewhere and leaving the kids behind so the entire yeah. short film was about like two kids talking to each other and keeping themselves occupied in like this kind of environment so yeah. i mean it, it, I, I don't even know if that was his intention but yeah it tends to be like a continuous theme you know what because of that i'm kind of looking forward to um his star wars film because if Mm -hmm. he keeps that theme going that's kind of what the idea of star wars was supposed to be in the beginning literally just like a kid who's like parents are just like in the back farming or somewhere and then all of a sudden he ends up like in this world that like he doesn't understand and he just gets thrown into it like yeah. before all the mythology, that's literally all Star Wars was. <laughs> so so Taika might well, be the guy to bring yeah. it back. I think like the the one theme that that seems to come around in um, I guess each of his movies, uh, you know, mm-hmm. or most of his movies is it's about someone who either 
lost their parents or doesn't have a dad or a father figure and tries to figure out who they should be without the, you know, example of a father figure or parent parental figure. Um, you know, I think that's the case for, you know, Jojo rabbit has his mom, but his Mm -hmm. dad isn't there. Uh, boy, I think is the same except his dad sort of shows up once in a while, but the dad played by Taika Waititi in that movie. Um, and Ragnarok, like Odin actually dies at the beginning (laughs) and then he has to figure out how to become his own version of King of Asgard. And, and, uh, I, I'd love to see that in a star Wars movie. Like, you know, uh, again, because <laughs> I don't know. Well, thing is, like Luke is sort of like that, right? I mean, the right. original movies is, and I mean, Anakin to a certain point, like his father figure was, or his new father figure was Qui Gon Jinn, and then he gets uh, uh, stabbed to death uh, yeah. with a red with, lightsaber. With Jojo Rabbit, Jojo, Jojo Rabbit, Jojo Rabbit, like, yeah, Rabbit, Robert, <laughs> Roberto, Jojo, but Roberto the Rabbit, uh, yeah, it like even though. Uh, the mom is around Scarlett Johansson. She's uh, she's not in the picture a lot because she's busy being a journalist. She's being as close yeah. and loving as she can, but yeah, she's out working a lot. Yeah, well, she's like there. a single mom. She has to work, and you know, and, yeah. And, um, so the and, kid is naturally going to like lean toward you know the mo the strongest thing he sees outside of a parental figure, yeah. which is in this movie uh, Adolf. Yeah. And Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. Nazis. And uh, his imaginary friend is uh, Adolf Hitler. Played by uh, Played by a, a, a Maori version of, of uh, Hitler. Uh, Part of me was wondering that. I was like, are we just going to blow over the fact that, like, Hitler is Maori and it doesn't have a, <laughs> has a Maori accent the whole time? Like, are we just going to, but it kind of plays into like the shtick of the movie. Like every Taika yeah, Waititi well, movie, part of the shtick is that Taika Waititi is like in a role that like he shouldn't really be in. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's why it works. You know, it, it's uh, it's sort of like you buy him his performance mm-hmm. uh, as an imaginary, like as a fucked up imaginary friend yeah. at the beginning, and then as the story progresses, like you see a more realistic version of like hitler's personality yeah uh you know like as as the story goes as that jojo becomes less and less of a nazi and, yeah. uh, or realizes that the nazis are wrong right. uh and everything that he's been told is like you know propaganda and lies and, and all that stuff yeah and uh as he moves away from hitler that's when hitler becomes more and more like you know the the imaginary version of 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 uh, hitler yeah. uh, as portrayed by taika waikiki becomes even more and more uh of an asshole uh more realistic and goes like ah oh, we have two days you know like he gets more and more aggressive yeah and i i think it's like there were some funny touches throughout the movie where uh you see like imaginary hitler spying on jojo because like he's not hanging out with him as much yeah. as as he used to <laughs> and <laughs> it's sort of like it, it's uh, i think like this movie does a really good job of showing nazi germany in the eyes of a child who was raised in that culture and like yeah, no, I mean, for him like, everything seems like oh everything's right everything's great you know like uh, yeah. it's it's uh fascinating no i like that there's like a lot more emphasis on that like in movies is like because we're 
we've leaned away from like having black and white good guy bad guy mm-hmm. it's like we have to still remember like who the bad guys are but at the same time it's like there's a lot yeah. more interest in how it's like growing up in the culture when it's like basically surrounding you when yeah you kind of don't realize who the, this guy or that guy is it's like you just care about like who's paying your paycheck or who everybody's talking about at the moment. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I think one of the unsung heroes of this. Well, I, I think he's unsung, but you know, unsung heroes of this movie is uh, Sam Rockwell, who plays. Uh, oh yeah, he plays the, Captain the, the, K. No, yeah, I was, I was about <laughs> to say Colonel K that, uh, or something. Yeah, I was about to say like the the leader or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Yeah, um, yeah like the. <laughs> You know, that whole part when they just go highly, highly, like over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Like, like every five they're seconds to make sure they out. Say, yeah. yeah, like JoJo and, and uh, an imaginary Hitler is like, you know, it's it's um, it's like a kid psyching himself out before the first day of school or something, yeah. except that this is like the the Nazi version of that. Yeah. And, and uh, it's just like, I think it's also a good way to kind of introduce you into the into the movie, into that world. Right, because like he doesn't just like Taika Waititi doesn't like you know let you slowly get into it. He's like, this is Nazi Germany. <laughs> you see this kid who keeps saying, "I hope Heil Hitler all the time." He keeps saying it like he's psyching, psyching himself first day of uh, um, I, it's like Hitler Youth training or something, yeah. and and. Uh, where uh i mean where he meets uh the the captain k or colonel k i can't remember what what uh rank <laughs> what was yeah. his rank just sam but you rockwell. also see uh yeah <laughs> sam, sam rockwell you see sam rockwell <laughs> alfie allen uh who was the bad guy in the movie we talked about last week yeah. <laughs> the russian guy <laughs> same actor uh the the russian kid who kills uh, john wick's dog is also uh, the uh, lieutenant uh, yeah. Sam Rockwell's lieutenant, who subtly and not so subtly throughout the movie, you realize that they're actually gay lovers. Uh, <laughs> and then like, you have, which um, was a no-no. <laughs> yeah, and then you have the main <laughs> that world. <laughs> then you have the main kid's best friend, who he he's going to be in the Home Alone series mm-hmm. reboot that's coming out in December. Oh yeah, he's really good in this. Like he's really good uh, yeah. in this movie, and like he just says stuff where you're like what the fuck but it's actually you know i I don't know like uh i I just remember the ending where the russian army has taken over the town and then his friend's like well it's not a good time to be a nazi i'm afraid you know (laughs) (laughs) so like nonchalantly uh you know like it's it it's like a different world and Mm -hmm. and you it's i think the movie tries to uh make us laugh but also kind of provoke us all the time or provoke some people yeah. uh but uh it, it's sort of like um um yeah i mean that that kid was really good in this movie and and uh i don't know like remember the knife throwing scene like yeah. the throwing knives against the tree and then like the kid with the glasses throws the knife and then the knife b- bounces off the tree and lands in some other kid's yeah. uh, uh, leg yeah. and there's like <laughs> me. you know what's weird about like when i noticed about taika's like movies it's like because they're independent like mm-hmm. i often see them getting treated like 
almost like art house films, like how Jojo Rabbit yeah. was like this Oscar movie and what we do in the shadows. The only place you can find it is a uh, canopy, which is like, a, yeah, it used to be on Netflix. It used to be, yeah. uh, it's just, just like being snobbed. It's, it's uh, always funny seeing his movies getting treated like that though, because yeah, they are smart movies, but they're so like casual slapsticky yeah. kinds of stuff that it's kind of like, it's like I really started questioning, especially in the past year, like the way movies get labeled. Like, what's an art house film? What's a broad, like appeal film? What's like, you know what I mean? You know, it's like, like type of his style. Like, I could see it being carried over into like a lot of other stuff over time. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see a cartoon from him, if anything. <laughs> I wonder if he ha- I wonder if he's done any like you know short cartoons or things like that because like he used to be uh, he used to make commercials that's how uh, he started out as a mm-hmm. as a director he used to direct commercials yeah and uh, i think he was an actor at some point he was a musician like he's he's like one of these like you know multi um you know talented i think there's a word for that i can't remember but yeah. uh you know one, one of these uh guys with multiple talents multiple uh, multiple artistic uh, uh multi-hyphenate that's what they're called yeah those <laughs> those guys vocabulary uh, yeah. uh but uh but it's like um i think he has he has a talent for like making you laugh but then making you cry like the next you know the next five, or like you know yeah uh, Shall I talk about the the death scene, the hanging scene? Oh uh, yeah, not exactly part, a hanging uh, scene, but the shoe scene. Yeah, that part. Uh, that that like. Yeah, it was pretty. Really like, even though there was dramatic moments, like it, 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 nothing really hits you hard until that moment yeah. in the movie when it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, what's well, it's, it's uh, like they they just keep rolling with these you know jokes about uh, Jojo Rabbit uh, discovering uh, this uh, Jewish girl who's living in cells of his house um and just like how he tries to get to understand her more and try to you know etc etc and then like they try to pass her off as his sister who his real sister died yeah um and uh you know the the gestapo actually shows up Mm-hmm. And uh, ask questions. They're oh, it's your mother, you know, and and they're like, oh yeah, where is the mother? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, and then you you sort of find out through a butterfly. I forgot about this because I, I saw it again today, and I was like, there, uh, Jojo Rabbit sees this blue butterfly, mm-hmm. and he's totally mesmerized by it. The butterfly leads him to where you know the Nazis have executed the uh, quote unquote traitors to uh, to the fatherland. Yeah. And uh, and and thing is like during the whole movie, they've been setting up the whole idea that or they've been setting this theme that, you know, Jojo Rabbit doesn't know how to tie his own shoelaces. So like you always have these close ups of their shoes, of his mom's shoes, of his shoes, right. all that shit. And then like you don't even need to see her face. You recognize the shoes of this person who's hanging. Yeah. Isn't um, that a, something they did for uh, Schindler's List with the, the red I, jacket? <sighs> That yeah, with like, the red jacket. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of like a thing that they went. I don't know if it was a reference, if it was part of the book, or you know, if yeah, it's just like know, yeah. it was just a smart way to like, I don't know. But mm-hmm. um that was a, but that's it's, a uh, yeah. I mean, that's yes. another trope of since you mentioned the Jewish girl, that's like another um 
not trope, but like another pattern, I guess, in his yeah. movies is like the mentor type. And then Hunt for the Wilder People, that was, uh, there was like a girl that like her family ended up adopting like the main boy. And yeah, uh, like in this case, she's more of that like cool, I gotta she's teach like, you how to loosen up like character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, I mean, like there, there are some, um, it's sort of like the whole movie is about Jojo growing up in a way. It's sort of like getting out of that, you know, propaganda yeah. uh, Nazi stuff. Cause like at the beginning, like there, it's as if they all went to, you know, uh, to, they, they all went to some, you know, excursion with their school or whatever. And then they're just doing fun activities, but like the activities in this world is like shooting, throwing grenades, uh, <laughs> uh, it's burning books. Like uh, what, what was, what's that Australian actress's name? The, the one who, who plays one of the, the Nazis, uh, she, she, um, um, ah, she was in cats. Um, and Nicole Kidman wasn't in this. No, 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 no. Uh, but I mean, you, you guys know what I mean. Uh, like, you know, it's just like, okay, kids, now it's time to burn some books. And then all the kids are like, yay. You know, yeah. it's, it's just, you know, <laughs> it's a surreal uh, thing. Like, I, I think that that's where some of the comedy comes from, but also some of the horror when you really think about it. Yeah. And, and um, it's just like, uh, I just, yeah, I, I really enjoy how Sam Rockwell was, and just like some random you know captain or whatever he has a he's like a fed up army you know captain who uh resents being like you know relegated to being the the captain who takes care of the hitler youths oh yeah uh, also, it was rebel wilson <laughs> rebel wilson exactly oh my god i, I couldn't remember her name so rebel oh, wilson is, is the one who says oh. like so like they, they separate the boys and the girls and the girls have to learn you know like how to um essentially like the boys get to learn how to fight and the right. girls get to learn how to cook clean and have babies mm -hmm. and then uh, rebel wilson is like i have had 18 babies for the fatherland you know and then <laughs> like, <laughs> then all the girls are like what <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> and it's just like uh oh, that she was uh, australian Rebel Wilson. Yeah, yeah, she, she's Australian. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, you didn't know that? She is Australian. Well, she oh, always yeah. sounds. Like, I think she Australian she only does accent. like two accents. Thing is, like American this is Australian. the first time. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I never, I've never heard her American accent, but like I've only heard the Australian one and the German one uh, yeah. <laughs> that she did in this movie, and it, it's just like, um, yeah, it, it's just, I, I, I just like the scene where Sam Rockwell just lists all the things. You will, you will learn how to shoot things and generally blowing stuff up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Rockwell is one of those actors that I'm always like pleasantly surprised to see him pop yeah. up in a movie, and just for some reason, like his yeah. presence brings like levity to it. Like uh, mm -hmm. in three, three billboards, uh, when he plays the yeah. sheriff, he's supposed to be like the like villain of the movie, the most despicable mm -hmm. guy, but it's him. So it's a little like, <laughs> yeah, but it, it's, uh, there are tons of great performances in this movie and like Sarah Johansson as well. Like uh, there's a scene where, uh, I think she's fighting with Jojo and Jojo says, you're not my father. And then, you know, and then she says, I'll go get your father. And then she does like, uh, you know, she puts like shoe polish on, on her, you know, 
I guess, like mouth and acts as if she has a beard. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is your father talking, you know? <laughs> she has like a schizophrenic scene with herself, oh. essentially. <laughs> or she's like, you were too hard on the boy. Okay, I was so sorry. You know? <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those things where uh, uh, it's one of those movies where like Taika juggles tragedy and comedy very well yeah, and surrealism as well. Like, I, I mean, when the Russians uh, take over the town and you see Sam Rockwell with Alfie Allen and they're yeah, yeah. pimped out, you know, <laughs> uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, the thing is I, when I, I, you, you, you can see that in the trailer or you could like, I saw it in the trailer. And I was like, this must be some kind of surreal scene where Jojo's imagining something. No, like in the movie that actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because he wants to show the world, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm flamboyant, uh, and yeah. uh, he goes into battle with his lover, yeah, and uh, uh, and just like a very Schindler's List type of scene at the end, where the Russians are going to kill all the Germans, where all the you know German soldiers, and since Jojo's wearing you know his Hitler Youth uniform, like they they they're going to kill him too, yeah. But Sam Rockwell goes like you know saves him, and that sort of like by uh calling him uh, a jew and you know get away whatever so the russians think you know oh he's not with the german army like you know let's let the kid go yeah, yeah. which it, one of those other moments that kind of hit hard because you know that the guy was actually nice and he actually covered for them yeah. for jojo and and uh the the girl um uh when the gestapo showed up because he sort of oh yeah the the, the photo fits or whatever i can't yeah. remember what, what that was about like it's like it's like collectively nobody it's like their humanity came out and nobody yeah. knew they were on the wrong side which yeah. is unfortunate but it's like that that was kind of like the overarching theme and it did it took the girl like coming out of scarlett johansson's house basically to kind of like hit you on the head of yeah. like what's really going on but for the most part it's like it was like in a way it's almost like edward scissor hands ish where mm -hmm. it's like everyone in the suburbs is just kind of like living their life and stuff and then Edward Scissorhands represents what could exist in this world what's like out there and it kind of like th and what what their actions really mean and it just kind of throws everyone off mm -hmm. and that which tended to be a theme in the 90s like I could have I could have easily seen like a movie like this existing in the 90s but being even more like artsy and more like i don't know experimental mm -hmm. and stuff like if there's one criticism about this movie i have it's like it's not as experimental as i thought it would be mm -hmm. and that's kind of like with taika's style too he has like experimental ideas or he's driven towards like experimental concepts like let's make thor like a everyman and make this like a sci-fi movie like a, like a goofy sci-fi movie or like mm -hmm. let's have like vampires being like everyday people or jojo rabbit let's have hitler being the imaginary friend but he plays it in a way that's like approachable which yeah. i would have criticized a lot like if i was like a film school kid because yeah like a long time <laughs> in school in college i would have criticized that but that's like actually pretty impressive if you really think about it well it's like i think i i i think like this movie it, it's like the most european 
feeling. I, mm-hmm. I know like that sounds kind of like an oxymoron, I guess, because it's like in Europe and whatever, but and the, yeah. the subject matter, but but just like the framing and there are some moments where Jojo is with his mom, they're next to the river or something and like really wide frames and you see like geometrical shapes and and all that sort of like very you know kind of minimalistic um uh i think this is one of the most minimalistic feeling in terms of like cinematography and and crazy effects no Uh, it's very character-based but it's very character-based very it's all about the story and the characters and uh, what they go through and uh probably the only piece of cgi is probably like you know the battle scene yeah and uh when jojo kicks imaginary hitler out of the window yeah Uh, (laughs) which i remember seeing that in the in theaters at the time and it was like yeah you know fuck that guy (laughs) and um it's sort of like i know it's it's like he was in an abusive relationship or something you know yeah and it was like you're free of him it's good for you you know it's it's uh uh and i mean there there are some surreal moments but they're usually tied to music mm-hmm. i feel in this movie it's like he uses you know like the german version of a beatles song the german version of the david bowie song at the end as well like heroes yeah <laughs> Uh, which in Germany has, or in Berlin specifically, has a big, you know, con- there, there's a lot of context around that song because uh, David Bowie played that song in 1980-something right yeah. next to the wall, to Berlin yeah. Wall. So like all, in Western Berlin, in West yeah. Berlin, and then all the people who are living in the East just like congregated next yeah. or as close as they could to where the concert was happening. And they were also singing the songs at the same time as the the West Germans were saying it. So yeah. it's, it's sort of like a moment that in Berlin's like zeitgeist, like they're, um, I mean, I know this because I lived there and I had a teacher who told me about it and et cetera, et cetera, but like, it's a thing. And he used to live in Berlin, David Bowie as well. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it, it's one of those things. That I think people, I think everyone will find something that they latch onto in this movie just uh, i'm sure that the premise is kind of weird for most people like a hitler youth kid has an imaginary friend and who happens to be uh hitler at the Uh, same time just a few years before there was a raunchy movie about mark Wahlberg and seth mcfarland as a teddy bear that basically that was like the one of the biggest movies of that so i mean like yeah it's, yeah it's weird like, it's all like you know all an execution yeah no one knew about ted before ted showed up everyone knows about it <laughs> that's true <laughs> everyone knows <laughs> or most people know if no one knows like i'm i'm i would be so actually kind of shocked but yeah. it, it's uh um yeah I, well it, it's it's an interesting analogy but i but ted is like an actual living teddy bear he's not yeah. like imaginary yeah he's this like, one hey, is, he's yeah. a whoring alcoholic teddy bear yeah uh, <laughs> oh, man. yeah he's like doctor house with fur and without uh a doctor's license i guess <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i thought of doctor house like it's such a bad analogy no no <laughs> it's not it's actually it's like, I'm, I'm actually seeing it a lot more now <laughs> No, because I know. like 
I mean, he just swears and like does, does, he does pay hookers at least like once or twice in the in the series, but like he doesn't. He's not a horn dog, you know what I mean? If I know that like out like, of any medical TV show, that was the one that like pissed off doctors the most because one, yeah. it's like rude to assume that one guy can do everything. Yeah, and like two, like like he's funny to watch in a show, but in real life, he'd be like such an asshole. Like he's basically like yeah, yeah like, like yeah. I would like at that time yeah I would have liked him and stuff but like he's like Tony Stark if he was like I don't know if he if he had to go through the snap twice I don't know you know what I mean like he would well be isn't like, he if, if Tony Hawk's I don't know Tony Hawk's stupid if Tony to me Stark to me he's like to me a more direct uh, like I think he's he's Doctor Strange without the magical powers. Like you know, you know what resents. that just made me upset now because that guy yeah. um that played uh Doctor House, he would have been a good Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, would have been a good Doctor Strange. Yeah, He's Hugh Laurie, uh, Hugh Laurie, also oh, English. Just also one of those English. actors that English. like yeah came and went. Uh, he had his hit yeah. and then ta ta. Well, like he still does stuff because uh, like I knew him in his comedy TV shows I used to have like in the nineties and the yeah. early eighties. Although you know. I, I wasn't alive in the in the eighties, but I just saw the reruns. But it's it's uh, uh, it's after Doctor House that it was like, oh, who is this guy? Yeah. And the thing is, no one knew about him outside of the UK, and I guess like yeah. a you know small house in Switzerland. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh shit, yeah. Also, one thing that I really liked in Jojo Rabbit is when his mother says, like, we will have peace here. This table is Switzerland. You know, <laughs> it's like this table is neutral. Uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, see what you did there? Yeah. You, Somebody saw the same you, box video I did. All right. Yeah. <laughs> why why you, is Switzerland you, neutral? Ricola. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's uh, all we need is uh, throat yeah. candy right now. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> you know I, don't, I don't know if anybody else made this connection, but like Taika Waititi's style is like a slightly more slapsticky version to me of like uh like the Hess brothers who did um Napoleon Dynamite or like even yeah. like early Wes Anderson he's kind of like it, it's it's like that same style so like mm. it's not not the same style but it's kind of like that like, like IFC ish humor yeah yeah but it's like but I that, that always makes me think like what happened to you know, Wes Anderson by choice does everything like really independently. But yeah, we talked about the Napoleon Dynamite before. And I keep wondering, like, what happened to those guys or like more of the guys that came from that era? Or like even had the, the flight of the Concords, how like Jermaine Clement yeah. like blew up. So it's like, how did the Napoleon Dynamite guys get left behind? I don't all? know. I don't know. Um, I mean, even uh, I guess like the flight of the Concords guys, like the last big thing that i saw them do like in unison was that hbo special yeah uh, i think they filmed in the royal albert hall or something in, in london yeah and uh one of my favorite recordings of the uh flights of the flight of the concords but like taika waititi actually directed a few episodes of of the hbo um tv show that they did oh. i think that's how he got his foot in the door in the u.s uh you know market i guess mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, he's like the most, I think he's the highest grossing filmmaker in New Zealand and like, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, I think is the highest grossing, um, Kiwi movie 
ever okay. i think so it's like i guess like to to me it felt like oh it's one of these independent whatever it is sort of but it's like paid by the new zealand council of you know film and arts or something yeah and over there it was like a huge hit and all over the world as well uh maybe not as huge as like an avengers movie or thor ragnarok you know later down the the line for for taika but uh i i think that's probably the thing that really put him on the map is is hunt for the wilder people because yeah. he already got like you know critical acclaim on uh boy and and uh and uh you know what we do in the shadows yeah. for all you uh quirky comedy nerds out there <laughs> and uh i wonder how new zealand's like film commission or how their films like they don't always come out with movies but like when they do there's always this like mm -hmm. breakout hit that happens like yeah. every few years like once we're warriors and whale rider and then hunt for the wilder people it's like or like peter jackson how he before lord of the rings he had these like b movies that would like build up kind of an audience so oh like new 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 zealand just does this very interesting thing because like everything outside of hollywood i noticed that like their productions come out in like a certain pattern like south korea mm -hmm. they're producing stuff like all the time like over and over and over again and then there's like um like japan with like the anime stuff there's like a new series like all the time and they're all like feature-length movies yeah. basically every episode but then well, you have like Hollywood. New Zealand who you'll ne you never hear about for a while yeah. and then all of a sudden like this new filmmaker comes on this new film and then like once again all eyes are like there so I don't know if that's by intention or if it's just the quality or if they just found their voice so I don't know maybe maybe they just know where to put their money I guess yeah. they, they must have some someone in the commission or a group of people who are really good at finding those diamonds in the rough so to speak uh yeah. it, it's uh yeah i don't know but it's also like you have to present things right like you can't just say hey give me money i mean i'm a filmmaker <laughs> this yeah. is my first movie <laughs> i've i filmed stuff on my iphone before it's like okay here's the money <laughs> like, <laughs> i wish it worked I'm like a, that i'm a tiktoker and I was like, yes, of course, you're a qualified, you're a qualified filmmaker, of course. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> Ryan Johnson, like, I know it didn't work like that for him, but before he did Looper, the way he got it was he made like this short animatic where he played like mm -hmm. music from like other movies and stuff and used a little bit of dialogue here and there, but it was like all Sharpie drawings. Yeah. And like, that's how he was able to get like, money for a breakthrough like i don't know what films he did before that but it's like no idea i don't know i always get a kick out of like just hearing about how people like really get their like like yeah, how like how they get their foot in the door <laughs> yeah you're about to make me go into a whole ryan johnson rant but go I will, go uh, i will i will not refrain this time no I, but it's it's uh, i think we can do this come on go for it yes we can do this no it's, it's just like i was thinking the other day about how much i liked i loved uh knives out because it's like a play on those you know agatha christie uh yeah. you know whodunits and told in uh in in a let's say a, a an original way although yeah. he does use the same tropes as as all those uh as that genre usually 
does mm-hmm. you know like well you have a group of people in the same house someone dies oh who's there and then a detective shows up and the police and whatever and and uh what's cool is and then he plays with time and perspective and stuff yeah. like that but like i have a critique on uh what the your favorite star wars movie uh last jedi <laughs> <laughs> not my favorite but <laughs> or one of your still one, still like it one still of have your a highlights what, one of your I, highlights in the star wars saga <laughs> I, you know what when, is, when the zeitgeist catches up yeah the thing is when i saw it okay when i saw the first time i probably said this before like in the this is like our 60th episode in the 60 episodes we've we've recorded yeah uh i probably wow, talked about the last jedi at least like 10 times uh and that's like a low estimate but uh <laughs> <laughs> think about that 60 60 60 episodes jesus Stay. And, i don't uh, think po- most podcasts even have we'll go over it later but yeah <laughs> oh my god 60 episodes in. 60 episodes in uh but yeah the thing is it like he plays May, uh, I'll I'll connect this to Taika Waikiki a bit later, but uh, yeah. it's it's he Ryan Johnson just takes tropes and things that happen in let's say specific genre, like for Knives Out was like the whodunit genre, and like for Star Wars he took a lot from Akira Kurosawa movies, mm-hmm. uh, specifically. Um, Oh my god! Like the 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 name just escaped me, but it's 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 this uh, movie told from several perspectives. Um, um, and it's it's wait, um, from wait, made by wait, what from again? Kurosawa. Uh, uh, from multiple perspectives. Oh, Rashomon. Yeah, Rashomon. Thank yeah. you. And and uh, he essentially used Rashomon for the whole part where Luke doesn't really say what happened between him and and. Uh, um what's his name kylo ren yeah and uh ben solo because like you get ben solo's version you get luke's edited version you get ben solo's version and then you get the real version and like it's he tried to i don't feel like that adds a lot to the story per se in general but he just thought akira kurosawa did this so i'm gonna do it as well and he didn't do it as well as kurosawa did for sure yeah. but uh it, it's sort of like uh then you know oh ben no and then like the thing you know collapses and everything like what i like about taiko Waititi, and i'll connect this is that i don't feel like i've seen the same sort of like tropes or techniques before yeah. you know it's like it's something that i feel like he thought would be good in the edit or on you know on set or something or like he brainstorm like apparently there was a lot of improvisation during ragnarok like that's why you get all these kind of laughs that come out of nowhere yeah you know like thor i'm not sure if this is an actual example but just like thor throwing that ball against the wall and then it bouncing back and hitting him in the head yeah you know like who wrote like how could you write that like, uh like there's some things like that where it's like just like genius in the moment yeah that i feel like my impression is that it was improvised if it wasn't you know i apologize but uh it's it's sort of like i feel like he leaves those openings whereas someone like ryan johnson from what i've heard 
about, you know, the filming of, uh, for the shoot of, you know, during the last Jedi or whatever, he has a very specific idea. And then he just wants people to do what he, you know, what he imagined, yeah. which is, you know, there, there are a lot of directors like that, like, you know, Stanley Kubrick was like that. He would get people to just like do things over, over and over and over and over again, like a yeah. hundred, uh, you know, a hundred takes or something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe it was like, <laughs> yeah. Like there are directors like that, but it's sort of like, um, I don't think Star Wars would be the same tonally as like a Marvel movie because like having those like slapstick kind of like funny parts worked in the yeah. Marvel universe. I'm not sure if it works in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Maybe it does. I don't know. I'll be surprised. I mean, but, Marvel uh, always had the advantage, like the MCU always had the advantage of like not really having expectations. Like there was never really a set tone yeah. for what marvel was unless you're yeah. like part of the niche crowd or the generation that grew up with like the 90s marvel shows which became the basis for like um like universal when they had when they built their universal studios when they built their like marvel world and their um mm -hmm. theme parks so yeah. it's like the mcu kind of had the advantage of having like no expectations but star yeah. wars you had that whole fandom and then uh, with DC, they're having a hard time because, you know, you, you want to start with like giving people artistic, like freedom to do this and that. But for the most part, most people grew up with DC. That was their idea of what yeah. a superhero was. And that's why like stuff like Suicide Squad and the Harley Quinn show and movies and stuff are basically killing it because you know, nobody really knew, knew who they were for a yeah, while. I mean, uh, I think probably Harley Quinn is like a special example. I think like the casting was really good, like spot on. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, I guess like most of us of, of our age anyway, have grown up with the uh, Batman animated series. So like, that's the first time that Harley Quinn actually showed up in any DC content. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's sort of, I think uh, the casting wasn't the problem uh it's all i i think dc i heard like some people were you know talking about how suicide the suicide squad kind of underperformed but yeah. it's all it's an r-rated movie and uh it actually a, didn't do too far off like theater wise yeah. it didn't do too it wasn't super far off from like even like free guy or like yeah or like a lot of like a lot of the movies that it's like like, I, I'm not really too sure how these websites and newspapers and stuff report what's a hit and what's not. Yeah. Or, but it's like, apparently it really didn't do like horribly. So, yeah, the thing is like, I don't think it did horribly, but like, I guess it's maybe the, uh, the the news cycle of you know movie youtubers out there who just want to say well it wasn't a knockout hit you know but it didn't do badly so for them it's like a uh you know for them it's it doesn't qualify as a win i guess yeah and and uh you know but i guess like you know if you compare like r-rated comic book movies like you know deadpool was its own thing like it sort of captured a moment and yeah. also, like Ryan Reynolds had already played the, that character in a shitty X Men movie, yeah. <laughs> and just like Ryan Reynolds being kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's it just like sort of it, it sort of captured the moment, 
Whereas yeah. I think like the Suicide Squad, um, maybe it's like a marketing, I don't know, but like, I really love the Suicide Squad, but I think people haven't latched, latched on, the people have seen it, fucking yeah. love it. But it doesn't seem to have latched on to people's imaginations as much as like Deadpool. No, I, I get what you mean. Like Deadpool latched on to the moment. It had like internet hype. It had like organic. I don't know how much it was actually organic, but it like felt yeah. like this organic coming of story of like making Deadpool into a movie at a time where people felt like R-rated superhero movies shouldn't exist, even though yeah. the first really big one was R-rated. So I don't really get why that was like. <laughs> I don't really get why that was such a controversy, but it was like people were ready for like almost like a parody of like superhero movies. It's yeah. like pe- people weren't ready for it yet with like Mystery Men or even like Watchmen. But yeah, the Suicide Squad just feels like as much as we like it, it just kind of feel like it's a movie that's there. It's not saying something to the moment of where people's heads are. And yeah, to be honest, I'm not sure if we're going to get that for a while but i know this, this is going to sound like all over the place i had this theory of like why the multiverse can be a mainstream concept now like why rick and morty kills it and loki and people are falling in love with spider-man no way home with alfred molina is that i think the multiverse concept is kind of how we feel collectively right now where it's like we're trying to keep a point of view in life. We're trying to stay strong, but like everything feels like everyone's in a different this, universe. This is the first time where every nuance of every idea of everything you could be doing feels like it could be right. And it, this is the first time in history where yeah, it really feels like anything we do, like we're empathizing with the butterfly effect. Like we're feeling it and we, we can like, so it's like in that way, I feel like we, collectively honestly feel so mixed up that you need something to like speak to that like something like rick and morty where it's like it's just crazy town for like 20 minutes straight and the last 10 minutes like funnels it into an idea like spending more time with family or not throwing yourself a pity party you know what i mean Yeah. yeah yeah i see what you mean no it's it's um interesting uh what you said i like it just made me think of a point i wanted to make because i was thinking maybe last week we would talk about maybe reminiscence or something but that kind of petered out yeah. and the reminiscence with the huge huge ackman and i'm surprised uh, he hasn't had like anything break out outside of yeah x-men the except for is, like, Greatest the, Showman, the whole but, yeah. the whole point of the movie is people are lost in nostalgia mm-hmm. and i thought does this is is this about us like how we're always watching the same like you know ip you know we're always watching the like a yeah. remake of a remake of a remake yeah <laughs> it was like i think it's like a tired screenwriter who was like fuck that shit. yeah people are watching the same. and yeah. uh but um you know i'm, I'm kind of sad that that I, I didn't finish the movie maybe you know that might be a sign maybe why i didn't uh do as well as as uh, maybe hbo max or you know Warner yeah. brothers thought i would but it, it's um so so much of so many of these movies are so like reference our world like our lives yeah and the whole multi multiverse thing i don't know it's it's what what you said kind of made me think of like we're actually all in our kind of like little smartphone universe you know yeah (laughs) almost by necessity at this point our perceptions like like we're in yeah it's like we're in advertising 
we're in advertising yeah. the second we're like not looking at our phones it's like you 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 don't know what to write about <laughs> basically you, i don't yeah. know what design stuff is in because one minute luxury means nice and wide lenses and nice and the next it means cartoons fucking running all over the place in video games mm-hmm. like yeah. i don't know where louis vuitton is doing something with like an esports team and i'm like huh <laughs> so <laughs> what i don't know exactly <laughs> check that out yeah <laughs> It's some Louis Vuitton, you know, I don't know, like mouse grips or something. <laughs> it sounds like some like swap meat shit, honestly. <laughs> I don't even know if that exists, like a, a, a mouse grip, like just like an extra piece of leather that you put on, on a mouse and know. it just like conforms to your hand or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, and I'm imagining that thing that like designers have when they're like drawing on a tablet. There's this thing they have now where... You yeah. don't, so you don't slide all over the screen. Right, like a little, something. one of those gloves Yeah, or something. Like a that, little, you know, like painters used to have the uh, like a stick with a piece of cloth at the end to like hold their hand while they're painting. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> like Bob Ross. Like Bob Ross. Uh, well, RIP uh, Bob yeah. Ross. But, I mean, uh, like, no, I mean, um, I'm, watching, I'm watching part of the Bob Ross documentary now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, I just got to the part when you found out he had an affair and I'm like, whoa, I guess. Whoa. I don't know. Like, why do we act surprised every time a celebrity gets into an affair? Like, even I mean, the, I'm more surprised when FX they don't have an affair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, like the fact that there's an entire FX series coming out about the whole Monica Lewinsky thing, I'm kind of like, uh, dude, leave constitute Monica a series? alone. Does it constitute a series? I don't know. Like, it, I don't know. I hope she's getting paid for that. I hope Monica Lewinsky's getting paid for that. Oh no, honestly. she's a producer. That's that's oh, the yeah, one she, reason she, I would like. Trust she deserves it. to get paid because, yeah. like, she. Uh, I didn't like. I saw a tech talk that she did like maybe five years ago, mm-hmm. and um, you know, at the time, and she was talking about like how, like, you know, Bill, Bill, sort of just Bill, kept Bill, on being yeah. president, right? That's pro- <laughs> that's what they chanted during the you know sex parties, like, Bill. Bill, Bill. <laughs> uh, but- <laughs> But it's to the uh, Bill Nye beat. Bill, 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 Bill. Goddamn right. And then Bill's like, "You goddamn right." <laughs> but I mean, like Monica Lewinsky, like she, she was twenty three or twenty four. She was really young. She was like at the beginning of her life, you know, professional yeah. life. And yeah. she essentially, really, you know, she she got the the wrong end of the stick, as they say. Uh, but. Um... <laughs> I, I was trying to use a you know kind of phrase that was at least uh, sexually explicit. Uh, she got screwed, you, you but, uh, <laughs> uh, allegedly, allegedly, you found it. allegedly, uh, allegedly, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, allegedly. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> thing is, uh, conceptually, yes, she she got screwed, ah, and and it's it's uh and i get yeah I, whatever i can't you know read the star report whatever uh, <laughs> the star report i don't know like uh but but uh i mean i don't know where i like mike just did the sign like you know we got it we have time like, we gotta stop. you know no i can't i don't know what to say anymore but <laughs> no 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 you don't finish your role, finish your <laughs> i don't know what my thought was but i think so my point was she deserves to get paid like this is her payback like she she needs to you know uh i guess you know tell her side of the story and yeah. in an hbo format uh is it hbo or is it somewhere else uh fx fx 
it's going to be on Hulu. So FX on Hulu. Uh, but yeah, I think one thing that uh, we should talk about one of these days, maybe um, since it's Taika Month, maybe we'll mention uh, res- uh, Reservation Dogs uh, one of these days. Oh, but yeah. I haven't. I've I've only seen clips, and it, it's just oh, like I, just I, the I like clips. The I'm just laughing my ass so off. I, I love uh, it so far just because I saw Bobby Lee show up and I'm like, welcome back. He's a doctor, right? He's the everything doctor. doctor. Bobby Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I just love the scene where it's like, I already know the characters' names, even though I haven't seen it, but it's like Bear meets his spirit guide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like, well, what did you do? Well, you know, my horse got scared and like it crushed me, you yeah. know? <laughs> Well, it's so like the most this... anticlimactic story for a spirit guide ever. I love how in this show, <laughs> like funny. so far, the whole point is just kind of like they're bored. Yeah, like, that's that, I, I that's a genre I miss. Is like the uh, I'm bored genre. That slacker, like yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, it's yeah. it's just like I you know like so many movies, especially like teen stuff nowadays. It's all about how everyone has a full life, but you know they're not leading the life they should or something. You know, like kissing Boother. You know, it's like she's yeah. she does everything. She has a code. She has a list of things. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, she never seems bored. Whereas yeah. I think most teenagers are bored like ninety percent of the time. Uh, bring if, back the slasher, not slasher, stupid slacker genre. The slacker. Hashtag bring back slacker movies. Well, maybe we'll we'll fuse them together and make a slacker slasher genre where the slasher never kills anyone because like he's just too lazy you might want to hold on to that yeah, yeah i just sits on a bench like i'll get you tomorrow maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's like the whole run in town is running away and he's not doing shit it's like uh, it's like why are you running <laughs> come here come on <laughs> I could imagine that with like Matthew Lillard for some reason <laughs> being like, come on guys. I wasn't come on. Come on. Okay. Guys. Come on. <laughs> Scoob, go, go get them. Scoob, bring him back. Reggie, 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 Reggie serial killer. What? <laughs> nah. But uh, actually Shaggy just kills, um, you know, other mystery teams to get rid of the competition. Multiverse. <laughs> the multiverse. Just, just goes through the other universes and just like it's like goes through. There, there can only be one Shaggy in the multiverse. I'm the dominant <laughs> Shaggy. <laughs> there can only be one, one Raggy. Dominant Shaggy. I will keep all the Scoobs to myself. <laughs> and <laughs> Ruby Racks. And we will have Scooby Snacks, Ruby Racks, all the time. And he'll have all the Daphne's to have one when like Matthew the Miller kills Wolf Forte <laughs> and he's like, fuck you, I'm Shaggy. And he'll have Fred be his, uh, you know, his, his, uh, um, you know, his attendant, you know, who, who washes him after the, the orgies and, uh, you know, yeah, like have Fred washed. And- <laughs> 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 like Fred from from Ready Universe Fifty One, and <laughs> bring him here and have him washed. And <laughs> I'm just imagining coming to America now, and they have the washers. It's just gonna be Shaggy washing <laughs> with like a flute playing in the background. <laughs> like, bring me snacks, Scooby for Scooby. Like, it's like Troy, or like yeah. Fred is gonna look. Fred is gonna have like all this gold on him, like the the guy from uh, Three Hundred. The king. Yeah. <laughs> Wash him now. Wash him now. Be careful with the piercings. They hurt. 
They can get infected. Be careful with those. Yeah. <laughs> that ascot of gold. <laughs> <laughs> the ascot of gold is like, you know, like eight feet tall. <laughs> the very deep, I am Fred. Bring me the mystery machine. <laughs> the mystery machine is like 50 people on the ground, like crawling. Yeah. You know, one of those pagodas. Yeah. yeah. One of those like 50 person pagodas where, you know, they just like transport this huge ass Fred. And uh, maybe Shaggy. You hear that, Mindy Kaling? You have all these ideas for your Velma show now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Velma into the multiverse. <laughs> Into the Valmaverse, <laughs> and uh, and then you have like m- multiple multiverses because like every character has their own multiverse, and uh, and Velma gets lost in the Rachelverse. No, not Rachelverse. The the was it Rachel? No. Who's Rachel? No, Velma and um, was Daphne. it Fred? Velma, Daphne. I know, like Daphne is such a Rachel, if you know what I mean. Uh, you know, like for all your friends, fans yeah, out yeah, there, gotcha. burn. It's like got the burn same haircut. I don't know. <laughs> People say burn anymore. I don't know. Burn. That's so 2008. Know. You know, you got roasted. Oh, I can't say that. Oh, I cringe at myself. All right. <laughs> After this long ass, uh, you know, brainstorm about our, you know, Velma offshoot, um, yes. you know, spinoff about employing Matthew Lillard for years to come. Yes. <laughs> He deserves to be employed. Yes. And other movies, then, you know, he's all that and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he is, he, is, he is a hero in that movie. But you guys know that already. But let's sign off. Uh, so thank you for listening to us. You can find us on multiple uh, podcasting platforms, such as Spotify. I'm going to whisper Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and many other places like Bullhorn and Overcast, and for some reason, your web browser as well. And uh, you can also find us on uh, social media, uh, on Instagram and Facebook, at What We Binge. Just search for What We Binge. Uh, Let us know how we're doing. Give us some reviews, some stars, some likes, and uh, talk to your friends about us, or we'll be uh, visiting your house soon. <laughs> I was joking, allegedly. Are you, are you slacker slasher? I am the slacker slasher. Slacker. I'm the I'm the slacker. And the I'm the 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 slasher. Slacker slasher. I'm inspired now. We're writing this movie. Like slacker slash. Like a discover us. Like a. Let's have a conversation on the beach somewhere or yeah, New Zealand. Uh, but yeah, that, thanks for listening to my uh, buttery voice and, uh, and Michael's uh, uh, buttery voice. I was going to say, butter. I don't know. Butter. Very low butter. Say butter. <laughs> butter. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Peace. <laughs>